You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. This is Ken Vellante with the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast, and I'm very excited to have Ainsley Costello, a musician, singer, performer on the show. Before going on about you, Ainsley, welcome to Something Rather Than Nothing. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to just chat and hang out. Yeah. Podcasts are fun. <laughs> They're so much fun. I love doing podcasts. Whenever I get the I get the opportunity to come on one, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Like, let me come. I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> that's that's it's 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 a really cool thing as it's a really cool thing as a host and, and to be able to connect. Now, I wanted to mention to the listeners how I came in contact with uh, Ainsley's music. So one uh uh, as a as a bit of a background, um, there's a, a new platform called Wavelake, and on Wavelake, it's a platform where artists can uh, put up their uh, music, and it's put out uh, akin to the podcast file format. And uh, so, uh, musicians like Ainsley put uh, those those songs up there. And the big piece about it, which is very different than other types of uh, platforms of music support is that there's a way to directly support you Ainsley if I like a track I'll send you a, a, a portion of a Bitcoin which is called a Satoshi and people can reward or gift or what what the, what they like uh, in in that format and um, you have the number one song and number one two song on on on, on wave like right here which is just is started and uh, we can get more into the details of it but a lot of people are hearing uh hearing your music and you've been me- making music for a, for a long time i wanted to ask you ainsley and we'll get into all the other stuff later when did you see yourself as an artist as a as a performer when did you in your head know that I mean, I always knew it from a very young age because my dad's a musician. He went to LA in the 90s to do the same thing that I'm doing here in Nashville right now. So music is just kind of in my blood. I like to say that I knew it from around the time that I was like three or four years old. But there have been some people who have been like, no, come on, like actually tell me, like when do you know? And so I say that like I kind of knew my whole life, but I really started getting serious about writing and performing when I was about 12, 12, 13. Yeah. And uh, but you've been to some different areas around around the country as as well, uh, based in Nashville now. But I know we have a connection. I'm here in Oregon, but uh, you uh, some time in Seattle and Pacific Northwest. But what type of places have you toured? And I know you've done a lot of shows. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I love that we have that Pacific Northwest connection. So yeah. I, I live in Nashville now. I, I moved here with my with my parents in March of 2020. So like really just great timing. Um, March 2020. Yes. March of 2020. It was like the week that the whole world like kind of turned into a dumpster fire. It was like the Nashville tornado hit and then it was the pandemic. And then like all this like really bad, like social stuff started happening. And it was also the week that I dropped my first record too. I saw that. I don't know what to do here, guys. So uh, I'll just, I'll just put this out with like little to no fanfare and uh, then we'll, we'll try again next time. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you about that because I, I was just kind of noticed, like I looked at, you know, 
uh, you had a podcast come around that time and I, I read somewhere, I noticed the date on the release and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you get the songs out now and people are listening to the music, but l- going back to there, what the, I mean, you're a young artist as well. What the, that must've been just so difficult. I mean, you're ready to pop. And I talked to another couple artists right around that time where mm-hmm. like the conversations have, it's like, you know, when somebody's like re- getting stuff out there and ready to pop and then boom, everything happened. What was that like for you? Yeah. I mean, I think at the time it was kind of just like a, Hey, let's wait it out kind of thing. But now I was, I was 15 when that happened. I'm 19 now. Um, so now looking back at my 15 year old self, when that whole thing happened, like, I think there was a lot of like, oh my God, what did I just do? This feeling of, I just moved to Music City, but there's no music. It's like everything is shut down. Like, did I potentially just make a huge mistake by moving to Nashville? Because like, just unfortunately, the timing was just so not right. And you really can't chalk it up to anything other than like, it's right place at the wrong time, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, looking back on it now, that whole time, like I, I look back at that time and I have a lot of grace and empathy for my 15 year old self who was so excited to be in Nashville and who was so excited to put out a record to put out an album. And that whole thing, like the rug was just kind of pulled out from underneath her and just, it's not even me, everyone, like everyone from like tiny, tiny artists like me to like major artists who are on, record who have label deals and who have been on massive tours like everybody had a hard time when that was happening not just like the tiny little guys like us (laughs) yeah yeah hey um so tell me you know i was starting to talk about the 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 wave lake thing and um new new program boostagram ball uh done by adam curry uh who i remember ainsley as the VJ of Headbangers Ball that I used to watch late at night and Saturday night. So I remember Adam from that. But on this program, uh, it's a fantastic little thing. Um, the the songs are there, and uh, a couple of your songs have been on there. And as you're listening, again, uh, listeners can support, send you small or larger amounts of uh, sats uh, to, to, to support uh, sport song and support you. It's a radio program. I'm listening to it. It's so fantastic. I grew up in a time, you know, the top 40 and all that type of stuff mm-hmm. where radio is still kind of king with music, you know, maybe 80s or so. Mm-hmm. But here you go from song to song and some of that, when that song is playing the support that goes to boost the grand ball and go directly to, to the artist. I've been talking about a little bit about wavelength and about boost the grand ball. You're the number one, number two <laughs> song on it. Tell us about your experience of what, and, and, and what, what, it, what it means to you uh, with your uh, success. Uh, yeah. In, in, I mean, this realm. I think it's so cool that, you know, like you you grow up kind of on the outskirts of the music industry and you kind of have an idea of like what your path is going to look like. But then something like Wave Lake or like Boostergram Ball comes around and it's like completely out of left field. And you're like, whoa, this isn't kind of what I thought like would would be happening. But like either way, that's so cool. Like. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was just so kind of random how it all happened. Um, so with 
with Wave Lake um, a couple of weeks ago. So there's this place in, in Nashville called Bitcoin Park. I really didn't even know that it was a thing that existed. Um, but my my dad over the last couple of months, he's kind of become like a a big like crypto enthusiast. He's gotten like really into it. Really has just wanted to study up on everything. And he's been telling my mom about it and they've been talking about it. And they said, hey, Ainsley, like there's this demo for this new platform called Wave Lake at Bitcoin Park. Would you like want to go with us? And I'm like, sure, it's a Friday morning. I've got nothing else to do than go to therapy. So yeah, why not? Um, so I went with them to Bitcoin Park and we went and we checked out this the demo of Wave Lake. And there we met Sam Means, who's like the main guy over at Wave Lake. And he's just been so wonderful. But um, yeah, Wave Lake is just this like really cool I would even say like revolutionary platform that's allowing artists to um, to really be appreciated, seen and, and paid for for the work that they're kind of giving to society, because I think, you know, the the greater entertainment industry has had a big habit of not really kind of allowing artists to live off of the music and the art that they create. Yeah. And, you know, it's not about the money, but like the money's great. Like it's so cool. It's, it's, it's not about the money, but you know, it's just so cool to be um, on a platform where you're being seen and heard and appreciated because it's so hard. I think with, with independent artists today, because, you know, just as easy as it is to get our music out there, it's just as it's just as hard to be heard because there's somewhere between 40. I don't remember what the exact statistic is, but there's somewhere around 40 to 60,000 songs being uploaded to the traditional DSPs every single day. Oh, so really? just because of like there's so much access for, yeah. for independent artists nowadays. And that's so great. But just as much access as there is, there's um, there's just as much challenge that comes with that of of wanting to to break through the barriers and like wanting to be like, hi, like I'm here. Like I've got some music that you want to listen, that you might want to listen to. Um, so yeah, I just think Wave Lake is just so cool for a bunch of reasons. Like we're being seen and appreciated. And then we're also being paid for, for our work in like the, the traditional DSPs and the greater music industry is kind of notorious for not really uh, allowing artists to live off of off of their work, and so I, yeah. I one of the cool things about Wave Lake was that when um, when Cherry on Top, which is my my song that, over there, that's that's number one right now, which is like whoa, how can I even say that? That's so it's great. Cool. It's a great it's a great song. It's it's a banger. It'd be number one any place that it, it, it people can see it. It's yeah. Oh, thank you. That means that means so much to me. I I I really love that song, and I'm really proud of it. So I'm glad that people are are hearing it. Um, but yeah, so when I when I put um, Cherry on top over there, um, it was really kind of just taking a chance. And now it's like, number one, apparently it's like the first song on the platform to hit over a million sats. And it's just like, what one of the other cool things about it was um, kind of when Cherry on top kind of started to kind of explode over there. Um, and people were like, giving me like little pieces of lightning, which is like the sats, the Satoshis, the little pieces of Bitcoin. Um, it like, it translates in real time to like real money. And so like I, I yeah. compared um, the the um, the amount that I was getting on Wavelake to um, my distributor, my distributor statement from the month of April. And in the month of April, I only made $22 across all of the entire streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, whatever. And then with a million sats, I got like three, $400. And it's like, what? Yeah. And again, it's not about the money, but at the same time, it's like, whoa, this might actually allow artists to live off of what they're creating. 
Well, yeah, and one of the pieces that I thought was pretty cool, and you, know, you can tell me if you if you agree with this, is that um, there's this you know just deep deep tension, particularly within our system of um, you know competition versus collaboration, right? And maybe because the platform's new wave like, but like my instincts in my head and in thinking about is that I see artists or see myself or appreciators kind of going in there and saying, Oh, this is on this platform here. You know, like it's in a different spot and this feel, it feels like more of a direct possibility to support, boost somebody else, chat with them or whatever. It seems to be at least at its inception or maybe within the ideas early on, it seems to be a more inculcated towards like collaborating. And of course there's competition and everything, but, I don't know. I like that feel about it. Um, have, do you oh, feel that's a component? Yeah, a component. Yeah. Of it? yeah. I mean, one of, one of the other things that kind of came out of left field the other day was um, there. There's an artist um, on on Wave Lake who does primarily like dance and electro remixes, and he reached out to me and he said, "Hey, would you like?" could I possibly do a, like a remix of cherry on top? And I was like, um, what? Yes, absolutely. There we go. No, it makes, yeah. it makes, it makes a ton, it makes a ton of sense. And, uh, everybody wave lake is www.wavlake.com and, uh, show's not sponsored by it or anything, but I tell you, um, check out the music there, check out, uh, Ainsley, check out the platform and the, in the format. Um, it's, it's, I think it's really exciting for artists and uh, music listeners and, uh, you know, uh, Bandcamp has done some great things as far as direct, you know, s- merchandising, selling tracks with with artists. So, um, you know, there's there's other pieces out there that are more artist appreciative, I guess. Mm-hmm. Artist um, friendly. <laughs> artist friendly. Artist friendly. So, um, great to hear about the potential remix. And uh, heck, it's it's exciting. It's exciting. Let's tap into the excitement of the uh, of 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 the moment um got a conceptual question for you as an artist ainsley yeah, uh, totally. what is art what do you think art is i love that i love these kinds of questions i think well first i think art is going to be relative to every artist who you talk to i think everyone's going to have a different definition of what that means um for them personally but i think for me and, and I, I listened to some of your other podcasts, so I heard you ask this question. So I was like, cool, I have some time to think about this. <laughs> um, but for me, I think art is, or at least the art that I create, is being able to be the best version of myself and put my best foot forward. I think so much of the art that I create is about me wanting to articulate my feelings and kind of articulate a feeling that I felt like I didn't really say say the right way in the moment that inspired a song or in in a situation that inspired a song. So for me, it's being able to say, Hey, this is what my brain looks like. This is how I am kind of just experiencing the world. And, and, um, and yeah, it's just kind of, I think for every artist, the art that we create is also just our way of processing the world that we see and that's happening around us. Yeah. So well, the follow-up question is the the role of art, and I heard you saying the, the process in the world mm-hmm. around us. Would you say that that's really, uh, you know, like a primary role of art is to help us process our Definitely. I think it's kind of just, I think art is 
a way for, even if you're not an artist, if you're just like an everyday music lover, if you're a music appreciator, I think the art that we all listen to is just a collective way of kind of just getting through it, just chugging along, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, you've been making songs for a while, uh, Ainsley, and uh, I saw you had graduated at a younger age in Berkeley College of Music. So it's, there's sometimes I read circumstances of like people's biography, and I'm like, I'm just gonna ask you, what yeah. the, what was what's that experience uh, <laughs> like? It's uh, noticeably atypical, um, and maybe it's connection to your development as an artist. Yeah, I mean, well, noticeably atypical, I think, is a big personality trait of mine. <laughs> That's something that I kind of try to always be, I think. Yeah, so I, I was really fortunate enough to um, to graduate from Berkeley College of Music this May. Um, oh, so I just finished. And literally, thank you. Literally just the other day, like my actual degree just showed up after like months of me waiting for it. So officially have a degree now. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I had, um, had a very noticeably atypical, um, high school situation that allowed me, um, to kind of, I graduated high school early too. I graduated high school when I was 16 and that was a big reason why I was able to start Berkeley so young. I started with Berkeley when I was 15 and I just graduated a couple of months ago after I turned 19. Um, and de that's definitely a big part of my kind of artistic journey. Um, I think I'm always just, I'm a bit, another big personality trait of mine is I'm a big overachiever. I'm always kind of just, um, I'm trying to kind of take everything on because like, Hey, I just want to experience the world and I want to do as much as I can and create as much as I can. But yeah, I feel like so much of, of my personality is kind of just taking everything on. Um, so I, I have a, I have a, I have a life that's worth writing about and worth creating about. Yeah. Yeah. And you got, um, uh, great supportive parents who are very interested. And in, I mean, I've been hearing about your, your dad and the re background research. You know, he's just running around checking and be like, what's all this thing about? Like, cause it's new. Yeah. Right. And, mm -hmm. and, 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 and figure all that out. Um, uh, th that's, that's great. I heard uh, a ukulele uh, and I think it's, is Cherry on Top have the, yeah, the ukulele? Yeah, it's Cherry on Top. I, uh, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm going to geek out here now. Like I, uh, I admit like there's certain, so something about me. Um, I, you cannot hand me any instrument and have me play you a song at, at present. I, whether it's training or otherwise, I haven't shown a particular aptitude. That doesn't mean I haven't picked up instruments, but the instruments I pick up, uh, tend to be strange. So my first one that I adored and I might start playing again someday is the accordion. Right. Oh my gosh. I think that's so awesome. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how I was like 12 and my parents supported. There was an accordion teacher or something like that. And I loved it. And uh, I wish I kept up with it because later on in my life, I lived in Wisconsin and they mm -hmm. polka over there. So it would have been useful to keep it up. And the other instrument I tried to play, uh, and I played for a little while, I would play um, mostly cure songs on the ukulele. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, when I hear a ukulele in a song, um, uh, I get uh, unreasonably excited about it. So yay on the ukulele. I love that. Yeah. I think that's so cool. No, I mean, the ukulele is definitely a big um, part of Cherry on Top's DNA. Um, I, I actually wrote that song um, 
one day when I was home alone by myself, I it, I had just kind of gone through a like a nasty falling out with a friend. And some people would, would listen to Cherry on Top and say like, oh, that's a breakup song. And of sorts, it's a breakup song, like because there are different kinds of breakups that you can have in, in your life. Like you don't just have to have a romantic breakup, like you can break up with friends and you can break up with family members. And so for me, Cherry on Top was a song about breaking up with a friend. And I um what one day kind of after that whole like rough falling out happened, I was home alone by myself. And I was like, I haven't written anything on the ukulele in a while. Like, let's just pick it up. And so the entirety of Cherry on Top was just like written on a ukulele. And then I was like, well, but I also kind of hear this going from like, if it's at like a, a two right now on the ukulele, like I hear it going to like 11. Yeah. Um, but I really yeah. wanted to to keep um, in the in the recorded version, I really wanted to keep the ukulele in there because it, it really is a huge part of how Cherry on Top kind of came to be. Well, Ainsley, I see, you know, I, uh, you know, how there's different versions. You were talking about a remix. I think everybody's head starts getting peppered with the ideas of the strict ukulele version and all that stuff. So <laughs> it's nice to have that. You know, I always enjoyed that um, uh, with songs and, and remixes and stuff. And I think a lot of it, like, you know, kind of some of the older new wave I listened to, like Depeche Mode. And like when you really love like a song and that artist would like drop it into all these different versions and dance versions. Mm -hmm. um, it's just so fun. You just keep, keep, keep the good, the DNA, keep that DNA mm -hmm. uh, going out. Um, so absolutely. So what's, what's going on? What's going on now? And, and, and next Ainsley. So it's great to hear everybody support Ainsley on the Wave Lake, check out the songs. We can have a song. We'll play uh, Cherry on Top at the end, folks. You have to wait a little bit. Um, but um, what, what what's 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 the what now? What's going on now? Yeah, it's it's funny that you asked this because um, I I've kind of been talking to a lot of the people in my life about this. One of the things that I think artists do is we kind of live our life in phases. So from from I'd say like January to June of this year. All I was doing was writing, 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 like trying to get the next like kind of generation of whatever Ainsley is ready. And some, so now over like the past month or two-ish, all I've kind of been doing is recording those songs and getting those songs that I've been writing since the um, beginning of the year ready. Um, so yeah, right now I'm kind of just in, in planning mode because... I've, I've been a little bit more quiet this year than I than I normally am. Last year, um, Cherry on Top was the last song I put out of the year, the Cherry on Top of the year, if you will. Um, <laughs> but normally, like, I, I release music a lot more frequently. And, and this year, I kind of wanted to take a little bit of a step back and say, like, okay, let me kind of just regroup, reevaluate. Like, I know what I want to do. Let me kind of just, like, really put my head down finish my degree. That was a big, another big part of the reason why you didn't really hear anything um, from the, me from the beginning of this year. Um, but yeah, so now I'm just, I'm recording these new songs that I'm getting really excited about and I'm planning and um, potentially like planning music videos and like maybe like talking about remixes of like old songs like Cherry on Top. And um, there's a, there's a couple more shows um, on the calendar for this year. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I did two shows up in, up in New York and that was just right. a ton of fun. So um, yeah, normally I'm also, I'm also touring a lot too. So I think there's, there's a couple more shows in New York in the middle of September in the middle of next month. So I'm excited about that too. Oh, that's, that, that that's, that's really super. Um, and uh, I have to ask you one of the bigger conceptual questions. So it's like, yeah. I, I get a, and I, cause I'm going to bounce and talk to no, about another couple things, but you listen, nice. you know, I, I throw out the ridiculous, uh, but important, important or absurd. Why is there something rather than nothing, Ainsley? 
Whoa, that is a big one. Let me think about that for a second. Something rather than nothing. I thought that was such a cool title for a podcast when I when I saw like you come into my email. I was like, absolutely. Like I'm already just hooked on this podcast. <laughs> Yay. That's um good. something rather than nothing. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. Like we could we could go like really minuscule or we could go like big as in like why is the universe something and why do is there just nothing at all? I think simply put, I think there's something rather than nothing so that we have purpose, so that there's just something that we can strive for, that there's life worth living. And that, um, yeah, I think that we just have purpose because if there was nothing, if rather, if you like, if you on either end of the scale, if you want to go big as if like, why is the universe here? Or why is there, why do we have, we, we each have something in our lives that like gives us purpose. Um, yeah, I just I think that we all have something that's that's our purpose and that's our mission in life and that we know that we're meant to do. And uh, even if you don't know what your what your purpose is right now, that's cool. Like you'll you'll find it eventually. You'll you'll keep you'll keep chugging along. But I think um, to have purpose, that's my final answer. No, I like I I I really enjoy that. And, and when I ask the question too, a lot of times it's um, yeah, it's this idea that. Um, which is very powerful that if there's nothingness, there's kind of like this absurdity or yeah. aimlessness. And, uh, you know, I think the, I think I, I, you know, I ask it in the context of art too, because I always think, uh, as a deep enthusiast of art, I think, uh, let me put it in exactly. I think like art is like that we do as humans is like godlike or something. It's very inexact what I'm trying to say, but it's like, it's very spiritual. It's a very spiritual thing. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's it's profound. Uh, jumping back over to Nashville. Yeah. Um, now, I've I've heard, and this is how useful is that? No, but I've heard uh, or read um, that that Nashville part of Nashville that's difficult for artists is the Nashville machine. That that that, and tell me if I'm wrong. But folks have described that you know, whether it's the polished product or fitting yourself within that industry in Nashville. Uh, but I also know Nashville is a place to go. I've had uh, artist Michael Conley, great artist, uh, performs in Nashville. Oh, he, inter- he's awesome. I I actually listened to his to his episode. He he's so cool. He reminds me so much of Jason Isbell, and I love Jason Isbell. <laughs> We were um, well with with that, and and thank you for listening. We um, uh, as a friend of uh, Peter Bauer, the editor and producer yeah. of the show, and Peter cool. has a, a a studio at his house, mm-hmm. and so he was coming through. We were able to do the show uh, that way, which was just fantastic. Um, so like, there's this duality I've heard maybe about Nashville of like this machine of like, oh, if I, you know, like I go in there and I'll get churned out maybe, but also an attraction to Nashville is the place where shit's happening, where things are happening mm-hmm. and like get in the scene and doing it. So wh- wh- what's the experience like for you in a, in a place like Nashville, which is very different than other places? Yeah, I've definitely felt both ends of those spectrum. I think with the the machine aspect of Nashville, I think that's a really apt way of putting it. And it's not really that like, I just want to preface that just because some people might look at Nashville as a machine doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. Like, I think some people can listen to that connotation and be like, oh, like it's lifeless and dead and whatever. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. 
one of the things that I have experienced with that is, so when I, when I moved to Nashville when I was 15 and the first album that I put out when I was here was very country because that's like the music that I was very originally inspired by. And I, I still love, I still love um, parts, parts of country music. Like a lot of my favorite artists are female country artists and songwriters. Um, but yeah, so I get here and I'm kind of like, oh, I look around and I'm like, hmm, maybe I don't want to be a country artist because, you know, you come to Nashville and you kind of have this um, this preconceived notion that, yes, Nashville is Music City, but I think a lot of people think of it solely as country music city. And while that is true, like there is there are other like really great um, like pop and rock scenes bubbling up. And then I think like I wouldn't be surprised if in five, 10 years, there's a great R&B scene here in Nashville. But when I started writing and really kind of trying to figure out who I was outside of the artistically who I was outside of the original people who had inspired me who came out of Nashville I was kind of like oh I do I am feeling a little bit claustrophobic in this kind of machine like way of Nashville where especially on on the songwriting end of it and I'm so glad that I had this experience of like a couple years, all I did was kind of write with Nashville row writers and I learned how to write the Nashville way, quote unquote, Nashville way. Yeah, and I'm yeah. so glad that I did that because it taught me a lot about songwriting. It taught me a lot about process and about myself as a songwriter. But I, I start I started writing with um with a lot of the row writers and it was kind of just the same thing every time. And it was just you come in with an idea, you sit down for three hours and you don't get up until the song is finished. And that's that's cool. That's great. If that works for you, that's awesome. But after that was all I did for like two or three years, I was like, I'm feeling kind of claustrophobic in this. Like there has to be another way for me to sustainably kind of create and for me to feel a little bit more fulfilled isn't the right word because you like you do definitely feel fulfilled when when you are when you are learning to songwrite and in when you're in those kinds of rooms um but yeah I think after just kind of doing the same thing process wise for a while it definitely felt a little kind of like conveyor beltish like just popping one out popping one out just put an idea in you get something out and it might not always be what you want my mom used to joke um whenever I would come out of a write at like 15 16 years old she was like, I don't know how, how many more like wine, whiskey and working women songs like a 16 year old can write because you go into Nashville and it's a, it is it is a big country music machine. And so yeah. when you sit down yeah. with these with some of these row writers, they're like, OK, how can we write a song and pitch it to top 40 country? Well, beer, trucks, wine, whiskey, working women. And I'm like, I'm glad to write this song with you guys. But like, I don't think I can release this for another solid five or six years. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. So, I mean, there definitely is that kind of conveyor belt ish process that I think after a while you can feel a little bit trapped by in Nashville. But then again, I do want to say that, like, I'm so grateful that I had that experience and that, that I met the people that I did. And I did like, I, I got a lot of great songs out of, out of writing like that. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that process, but I do definitely understand when people say, oh, I felt a little bit like this was this was more of like a machine that I kind of just put myself in and then I popped out and it was a, a really all that I thought it was. Um, but then, yeah, like Nashville, it is music city. Like it isn't just country music city anymore. Like there are so many great people um, who I've met here who kind of had the same experience as me. Like they kind of started writing in that typical Nashville fashion. And then um, they kind of realized that that wasn't for them and that they wanted to kind of start finding other people people um 
you know, who kind of, who, who wrote in a different way and who kind of just wrote um, in, a, in a style of just writing to write instead of writing an idea just to see how clever you can make it and how top 40 radio you can make it. Um, and so now 19, four five years, three, four years into Nashville, I'm definitely sometimes feel myself caught in the middle of like, oh, but this process is amazing. And like it, it it's, this Nashville way is, is awesome. Like I can definitely get some good songs out of this. And it, it really is great for like getting clever ideas and those kind of like fun dancey songs. But then like, also, like when I'm just trying to write for Ainsley, the person, not necessarily Ainsley, the artist to process something, I'm kind of, I feel torn between, oh, I, I want to write like a deep emotion, but then I also have to make it so that it's, it's palatable, you know? Yeah. And that was a big, that was a big, uh, long, long rant, but. Yeah. No, no, I'm just, this is, this is a talkie show, you know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. um, no, no, definitely. I, 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 no, I, I found it, uh, it is, it is complicated because I would say like, I've been around machines or ways of doing things and they instill such incredible skills that when, absolutely they become, when they become like wrapped in you and you can just do that, that's a skill people can't do. But also on the other side, here's here's what I would say for me, um, yeah. because I think it's a complicated thing. Like, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to say I'm into country music, but I'm going to tell you how I am. I love here's what I love within country music. I would say Western even is kind mm -hmm. of like that, that kind of rugged testimonial, like almost like like murder ballad, like journey yeah. type of thing. Like I love that. And that's in the tradition, you know? And, um, uh, I, I, I love that stuff. And, uh, so those grittier elements sometimes, like I don't get, like I listen, I listen to country music station. Sometimes I find a good one and I'll listen to it. Cause I, I get, particularly I'm on in the mood. I enjoy it. But what I'm looking for is something that's always kind of out of that territory. It's a little bit darker. It's a little bit more rooted in, something different so you gotta you gotta you gotta search a bit i also like country a pop uh country i listened to a gorgeous version of luke holmes did of uh tracy chapman's song a uh, fast car yeah a fast car mm -hmm. i don't know how i ran into it i'm running around everybody thinks i'm mad hey listen 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 it's just a beautiful mm -hmm. uh beautiful song and um i'm a swifty as well so there was some of course who isn't from, from mm -hmm. early on i gotta tell you on the taylor swift a bit. Um, I uh, ha will have an episode with uh, the female, the writer uh, Amy Long, female writer Amy Long, yeah. and she does wow. Taylor Taylor Swift as books Instagram, mm -hmm. which pairs Taylor Swift outfits with book covers and is quite popular. So uh, that's going to yeah, be cool. cool. Taylor Swift as books. Um, so where do folks people know to find you on wavelength i want to folks to to find out like tell tell how how, how do we encounter you what do, what what do folks look for to to get your yeah and art um i mean on just like the traditional social media platforms on like instagram i'm ainsley costello underscore official on tiktok i'm ainsley costello but yeah on on wavelength for sure if you want to go check that out because it's just such a such a cool platform. Um, I'm just Ainsley Costello over there. Um, and, and waves like wave Lake is really cool. Um, because it has like a, a top 40, um, almost playlist looking 
um, section of the website where you can go and you can look at the top 40 most popular songs on on the site. Um, and so right now, like if you want to, like I'm I'm kind of at, at the top of that list, which I, I think is kind of cool. So One like, million <laughs> sats. You're at the top of the list. Don't sugarcoat it. You're at the top of the list. Easy to find. Go to Wavelength, number one, number two. But what's also what's also cool, not to interrupt, we got to make sure we get, get everything, but um, yeah, no. Live on Something Rather Than Nothing is on there with uh, tracks from uh, the lovely uh, Blair Borax, a singer-songwriter from Pacific Northwest, and yeah. uh, My Child. Aiden with uh, Polybius with some um, moody, uh, dark uh, metal. Yeah, so I, listen, I to listened find. to Polyb Polybius earlier. Like, it's so cool. Very vibey. Very moody. Do you know what the Polybius uh, name that the background comes from? I should tell you this. It's a no, I don't. It reminded me of like there's um kind of like a like a math rock band um like called Polyphia, which it kind of reminded me of. But no, I don't. I don't know the the meaning behind the term so please i'm just gonna me. i'm just gonna give you the quick snapshot that that aiden gave to me and there's a whole mythology behind this so any mm -hmm. folks uh, but uh, at some point in portland oregon there was a machine a video game machine uh polybius which was this particular game and supposedly people got really into it really addicted to it it was independent it wasn't like video game machines anywhere else so it's shrouded in this mystery because there were a few of these games and then they disappeared so it's all tied up in this mythology of of, of mm -hmm. this game so it's a portland uh portland mythology game that exists and people uh talk about so oh, that's um, really cool yeah one, of, yeah one of my friends jojo scott she's another singer songwriter who lives here in nashville now but she's originally from portland so i'll need to ask her about that i wonder if she knows the lore she might and believe me people who are from portland will know you know <laughs> um mm -hmm. but uh no so um but plenty of music to find uh on wave Lake. but we're talking about wave Lake. i want to make sure people know sorry to interrupt uh oh, no. all the rest all the rest of the places where you want people to go yeah, definitely. Um, I'm on Wave Lake. I've been lucky enough to chat with a with a lot of cool podcasters. I talked. I'm talking with you right now, and then a week or so ago, I talked with Cole McCormick, and then um, Adam Curry has talked about me a bunch on his on his podcast, which has been like really freaking cool. Um, but yeah, then also if like you're not really on the Bitcoiny side of things yet, all good. Um, just on all the traditional streaming platforms: Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, whichever one you want. Just Ainsley Costello. Yeah, that's that's great. I um, I got to tell you, Ainsley, it's really it's it's really good that we have the shared energy around. Um, I love your your music and the ability to kind of. I'm just super interested in the questions I asked you. Like, I'm I'm interested in how you're 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 viewing them and what's going on with you. And I I want to tell you, I'll be able to directly support you on Wave Lake and through other means. Um, invite all listeners to to check out these great songs from Ainsley, and I'm sure Thank there'll you. be a lot more uh, great great stuff. And um, and so uh, too, if uh, for you, Ainsley, some folks, singer songwriters that you bump around with, they want to get onto something rather than nothing. Maybe we can increase a little bit more of the 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 Nashville uh, component of the show. The show is worldwide, and I love digging into. And I've said it on the show before. I love when I'm able to move a little bit into a music scene like whether it's pacific northwest or there's a metal scene down you know someplace in california or talking about nashville it's just fun because it's a little bit about traveling and being able to follow the music i guess right totally 
All right. So, um, uh, folks, listen, uh, uh, Cherry on Top is going to, uh, we're going to have that in just a moment. Ainsley, any further comments? You talked about how you created on uh, ukulele, which is a version I'd like to hear someday. And tell us uh, any more details about Cherry on Top before we pop into it. Yeah, Cherry on Top is a song that the this song came out in December of last year, in December of 2022. I, I wrote this song by myself and uh, my friend Christian Harger produced it. Um, we'd written a couple of songs together before and I was like, Christian, I think is the man for this job. So um, I, I showed him this song. He was like, yeah, like, would you want me to produce this? I'm like, absolutely. So uh, my friend Christian Harger produced it. And um, yeah, yeah, we just had a great, a great time making this song. And this song is, um, it's very cathartic for me because uh, like I talked about a minute ago, this is a song I wrote about a, a falling out that I had with a friend. And it's also like, like I said, some people are going to think about it as a breakup song, but it's it's a different kind of breakup for me because I think friendships with or, or breakups with friends can hurt just as much as romantic ones do. And um, yeah, I just uh, I remember kind of <laughs> a funny thing about this song is that kind of in the middle of the whole like rough falling out situation that inspired this song. I remember like kind of like sitting on the couch talking with my parents about it, like kind of just talking through it. Like, I don't know, what should I do? What should I say next? Like, I don't know. And I was kind of just like, we were talking through the situation. I was like, Oh, well that's just the cherry on top of the mess made. And I was like, pulled out my phone, put it into the notes app. Yeah. Okay. Back to the task at hand. <laughs> Yep. Yep. It's that, it's, it's that feeling. You're like, mm -hmm. all right, it's cherry on top. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Here it is. <laughs> uh, all right, everybody. Uh, Ainsley Costello and cherry on top. Cause I knew that you weren't used to having it all given 
This is Something Rather Than Nothing.